It's Saturday, January 13th, 2024, and this is episode 40 of The Mike Newman Show, where once again, Dr. Tim and I get together at our favorite North Austin eatery for a little bit of breakfast and a lot of conversation. And this week, we get into a little bit of Tim's history of farming. Yeah, that's farming when your voice doesn't break up. So yeah, we're going to talk about a little bit of gardening and a whole lot of cotton. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy. We enjoy the conversation. We hope you do as well. So here we are once again, Tim. Oh my goodness. I, that I, was easy. That was... <laughs> of course it was. Of course it was. <laughs> what could possibly have gone wrong? That's, I, I find it interesting. It's like, I, as I sit here watching you... Uh, uh, Try to get level set or whatever the hell it is that you're doing over there. I'm thinking I have no, I have no idea. I have no clue what's going on, what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, so the, the 10 second version was I had this completely set up for something completely different. Okay. And our normal setup wasn't working, and and or or the way we wanted to use this thing this morning was obviously not working. Not going to work. And I was about to give up. You know, we're like, eh, you know, it happens, whatever. And I was like. Let me try one more thing. <laughs> so here we are. It's all good. That's kind of like looking for things. The, you, you find it in the last place you looked at. So uh, you did it here. Exactly. Well, it was it was dawning on me as a as a topic of conversation this morning uh, with with the, with the great thought that we we put into this. I think the last time or one of the okay. previous episodes we talked a little bit about. <laughs> Time and the, the cycle of the year and and how we how we deal with time. Right. Uh, we, we talked about years and how the 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 how we experience the years, the passing of a year, differed in our impression as at the age at which we were in or the era which within which right. we were in. Yeah. Well, that that got that that kind of got me off to th- thinking a little bit about in looking at the cycle of things is, is, is part part of I guess my very formative years uh, uh, literally before I got into high school uh, so so grade school through junior high school into high school uh, a year had a very specific uh, uh, cycle to it as, as we discussed last time and and certain things happened at certain times of the year mm-hmm. and I, I I often associate the specific point in a, in the cycle of things I, I, I recall that as opposed to necessarily the year if right. you will yeah because you like a school year is going to cross two years just by definition on the, yeah. on the calendar so you're like was that 83 or 84 yeah yep. actually as we were talking earlier today about having you're saying this is going to be our, our 40th edition of this and that sounds fancy I, I started I started thinking back because I was totally perplexed I thought we had been doing this literally for less than a year but in fact we've that's been how much fun it. we have yes. Well, and part of it is because <laughs> yeah. I I think about I can remember when we started doing this relative to the passing of a year. Mm-hmm. I just happened to forget what year it was. Right. Yeah. You know. So True. I, yeah, I, well, I think it, we started it, it in it April. It makes great sense that yeah. we're coming up. We're coming mm-hmm. up on you know we're we're getting into within two or three months of 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 completing a, a yearly cycle. It's just right. that it's going to be the second year rather than the first. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. 
Anyway, all that said, it got me to thinking about uh, back in my younger days. And as you get really old, you spend an awful lot of time thinking about your younger days. Uh, Part of that is physiological. I've read that that long-term memory is kind of the last thing to go before total senility. Uh, I still have some moderately good short-term memory, but certainly my long-term memory is oh, yeah. a little bit better. And uh, so uh, I'm, I'm probably on, 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 on the downhill slope into total senility, but not hopefully quite there yet. That being said, uh, in my younger days, uh, a good part of the year was about the raising of crops. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally on my own, I used to raise a garden, loved to do that, uh, was pretty good at it, amazingly enough, and I don't quite understand why, other, other than the fact that we, 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 I was always able to make a garden in what had been formerly the chicken pens. Well, you and, had good dirt. And so I had good dirt. And, <laughs> and, 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 and boy, you could raise good stuff with that. And the, our, our next door neighbor, an elderly couple that uh, uh, were kind of my surrogate grandparents, uh-huh. uh, they, they had, a, they had a, a former chicken yard as well. And so a couple of years, I actually raised two gardens uh, in my backyard and in their backyard. And that kept you busy. I did well. I, 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 I could, well, I could raise enough that my mother could can many, many quarts of black-eyed peas and other yeah. things uh, out of my little garden. And so I, I did that and did it pretty well on my own my, my, after, after uh, when I first started doing it or when I finally started doing it. My, my mother and father, pretty, well, my father so was never So what age were you when you were first out there uh, tilling and dropping seeds in the— Probably uh, 11, okay. 11 years old, something yeah. like that. Uh, the, the first year I really remember doing that was, was one in which uh, my mom and dad had uh, taken a Sunday off to go out to the country to visit folks, and I was left at home to my own devices. And so, uh, it, interestingly enough, my own devices were, I think I'll spade up and plant a garden. So I did. So I, mm-hmm. I, 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 well, I had already spaded in, in, in raising the garden uh, at the beginning of the year would, would be put the soil in a, in a condition to be planted. And I would yeah. do that with a, a spade to go out and literally plow the, the entire patch by spading it up, turning it over. With a hand tool? With a hand tool. There you go. Do it, do it by hand, yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, and, and a relatively small uh it's about a what six inch wide blade that's maybe eighteen inches long, uh, so literally a spade intended yeah. to go deep into the ground and, and pull it up and turn it over. Yep. And then rake it. Uh, and again, this was all in a former chicken coop, and so the, the fertilizer was already, already there, already there in the <laughs> yeah. ground, so I would never fertilize it. Yeah, but but it you know it kept I, I I guess it's interesting that as a, as a as a ten or eleven or twelve year old somewhere in that range that that a, a Sunday afternoon activity when left totally to my own devices that a, a good activity was to go make a garden. Sure. 
not too bad. Well, one, one year, again, the first year I really recall doing it totally on my own, mm-hmm. my mom and dad had uh, left to go visit folks in the country for Sunday, and I was left all by myself, if you will. So I yeah. I spaded the, 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 the garden, I raked it, and I thought, I'll just go ahead and plant it. So I had uh, accumulated seeds. Big big deal in those days was to get a seed catalog. Oh, yeah. And you get the seed catalog, and uh, I, everything looks really cool at the seed catalog because sure. they show you, you know, the, the, the result. trees yeah. and plants and, and the like. And and so uh, I, I had my packs of seeds already, and so I I spaded the no the, time the, the like yard. the present. What what right time the, of year was this? Was this well? That's the that's the fun part <laughs> okay. of this. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. In in in, in Oklahoma, you, you never plant a garden before Easter. Right. Yeah, it turns out this was the Sunday before Easter, so this was oh, Palm you were, Sunday. You were close. I was close. Uh, <laughs> Okay. I I planted it and I so I planted all of our seeds, all of the seeds that I had. Oh, they were no. all planted. They're all in there. And my mother and father came home late that Sunday evening, and I proudly proclaimed that I had planted the garden. Look at that! And my mother was crestfallen because uh-huh. I'd used all the seeds, and obviously we were going to get another freeze, yeah. and it was going to it was going to kill everything that I'd planted. Surely. And so she was. She was kind of depressed at that point. Yeah. But not terribly wanting to to totally Just destroy totally destroy your yeah, joy of having yeah, done this and, yourself. Yeah, my, my self, that, yeah. My self uh, uh, assurance that I could go out and do that. But well, nobody, nobody's really certain that this is going to work. As, as we have learned over the years, uh, dumb luck often, well, generally always <laughs> works out a lot better than planning. Sure. So okay. by that year, uh, total dumb luck that we did not have the, the temperature the get below freezing beyond that date. So uh, I did this. I did this a week before Easter, and Easter. Well, Easter wasn't totally early that year, but it was moderate. Yeah. It was early okay. April. Yeah. So this was. It may have been after the first of April that I planted the garden, but it wasn't a lot after the first of April. Best garden. We had had in in ages, and it was early. Oh yeah, so That's so, great. We, so we yeah, yeah we, we, we were we were having we were having vegetables and the like out of the garden. Oh, a good four weeks, a good month earlier than we normally would have. And what would that have been like and this it, this particular year, early July or, you know, uh, or this, a little well, so, later? And, yeah, probably uh, sixty started started to harvest things about sixty days later. So. First of April, first of May. So, so in mid mid June, we we were still getting. Normally, it would have been into July before we were getting stuff out. Gotcha. So, green beans, black eyed peas, radishes. For some reason, radishes are really easy to grow in Oklahoma, Hmm. and so I would always plant radishes, and we these were the red, yeah, big red radishes. Uh, so to harvest those, pull them out, and and have lots of and, and I'm, I'm not, I can't say that I really enjoyed radishes eating them. I, my They're, my aunt loved them. She'd carve them up, and there'd be a salt shaker there, yeah. and just salt them and just eat them. I, I think and that's I where always, I learned that if you put enough salt on anything, it was really yeah, good. Yeah, that, that was the only way. Really, I was like, okay, I'm not a big salt fan, but 
without it, you know, it just, it's, it, it, it didn't taste poorly. It is like, what's what's the point here, folks? Yeah. And it's kind of it's kind of bitter. At least the ones we read, they're they're yeah. kind of bitter, and, and so the salt helped a lot. But you throw them in a salad, and they add a nice crunch. Yeah, they, they had a nice crunch, and and the, the eating just eating them raw was 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 was, was a good crunch as well. So yeah, oh, I, I did enjoy that. So we we, we was good. We, green uh, green onions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they were pretty easy to grow. Radishes were easy to grow. Green beans. Were, were were very easy. Relatively few green bean plants, and they just kept producing beans uh, for for probably oh a couple of months. But I'm not sure a couple of months, but in in that range, so that you'd start to get green beans that year. We started getting green beans, picking them off in June, mm-hmm. and it was uh, getting into close to August before they finally quit bearing uh, new fruit. That's okra, cool. okra was uh, was a good uh, a good crop uh, for the or for the garden. Uh, what else? Uh, uh, did you mess with corn at all? Uh, corn, yeah, yeah. Uh, did, did corn, and, and that year corn they was were, very good. Yeah. So, so, okay. I first learned the the, uh, the 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 merits of uh, paying attention to where the sun was going to be. Uh, so you planted the garden such that corn was on the north side yeah, of it. So it's not throwing shade it's on everything else. Not throwing shade on everything else. Yeah. And then and and green beans were kind of next to that, and it, it you you went well, you down. You kind of tiered slow, it. You tiered it. Tiered so it you, down, you, and you and the radishes and, and onions, which were very low growing to the ground, they were always on the south side. So assuming you, I mean, you had a fantastic garden that year. The the dirt was ready for you. Thank you, chickens. Um, you lucked out with your timing. You got this, and, and the beans are just giving and giving and giving. Uh, you got varmints and weeds. How'd that work out? Varmints. Uh, so weeds. Part of part of the joy, if you will, was weeding the garden. I, I did that continually. So you either uh, like that or you hate that. Right? Yeah, it's kind of for, 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 for some reason. That task. Uh, I, I'm sure it was the it was the, the initial. Uh, Manifestations of my obsessive compulsive disorder. Okay. That I I loved the order of a good garden. Straight lines. Straight lines. They're growing up straight. And They're, and yeah. the the same plants. Uh, right are, next to each know, other. Next to each other. And, and a weed in the middle of that was just. It was like a box of pencils with one pencil turned around. Yeah, you know, so that the the point mm-hmm. was was that, or the eraser was next to the points, or the box of sixty four color crayons, and they're not in a perfect rainbow. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So 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 that the 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 layout of the garden was such that that I would weed it ongoing, yeah. and 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 so you, you never had to spend a lot of time, you know, half hour a day. Uh, plucking the weeds out was uh, was was pretty good. So that's For another reason, lesson, kids: is if you keep up with something, it doesn't overwhelm you. Yep. For some reason, pests, varmints were were, were never a big issue, uh, and I and I don't quite understand that. I I, I can't recall ever using any pesticides. Right. Uh, but, or just walking out someday and finding that bugs ate all the leaves off of something. Well, part of it may have been, and, and I, I think it, it, part of it was dumb luck. Uh, as it turns out, there were certain garden plants, uh, foodstuffs that were easy to grow. In the flower world, they're, they're, 
there were two types of flowers that were easy to grow, car- carnations and, and uh, 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 chrysanthemums. Mm. Uh, and 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 uh, what uh, there, there was one other. Anyway, there were three mm-hmm. variants of flowers that that I could grow very well. Plant mm-hmm. the seeds, tend them like they they would go up and they generally bloom. take care. Yeah. Oh, marigolds were the were the other. Oh yeah, my mom and loved it, those. As it turns yeah. out, marigolds specifically, I've learned in subsequent years, I think, are actually fairly good uh, insect insect repellent plants. I was going to say, so you're talking about flowers, but you're also talking about fruit-bearing, edible, you know, the point of the garden. Did you mix some of those in, I guess? That, and that was the point. I, okay. I would raise, I would, I, in particular, I would ring, ring the garden with flowers. Oh. And, and I did it for aesthetics. <laughs> as, as <opposed laughs> All right. That's number two for dumb luck. <laughs> you build a, a weed barrier because it was going to look pretty. No, it's going to look and pretty. And it's probably from looking at the seed going, you know, those would look nice. Just just, you know, just kind of like a, a window dressing, a little window frame for my the, for my the, garden. The, the 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 pictures of marigolds on the front of the seed pack were just marvelous. And <laughs> and as it turns out, now I know what I was doing wrong. I, <laughs> I wasn't falling in love with the seed packets. Well, and, and that amazingly was Pretty much the the way uh, the way that I gardened. Oh, this looks good, literally. Uh, Man. So. And, well, yeah, you, you had to put in the work. Oh, but cucumbers! Same, oh. I, I got to remember oh, cucumbers. 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 Mom so, had zucchinis. Did you do zucchinis? Oh God, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, three. This is not three. a little garden, Tim. This is. Well, no, this was uh, what I want to say. Twenty. Uh, but what particularly the year that I raised would raise two gardens. I was probably doing. Uh, 1,200 square feet, uh, so okay. uh, 20, 20 by 60, uh, something like that. So that's a, that, that's a good size small, garden. It's not huge, but yeah. Yeah, it, 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 yeah well, it took time. Uh, it took time, and, and as a kid, you could deal yeah. with that. Right. And by the end of the, by the, end of the growing season, I would, I would generally, the, kind of the last thing that uh, would come off uh, out of my garden was lettuce. Actually, it was mm. ongoing all the time. But uh, uh, lettuce, and as I already mentioned, onions and radishes. So kind of at the end of it, I would actually make a pass through the garden and just pick everything out. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, it was getting into August. Everything was going to burn up. So, I'd, I'd right. it and so I would have, I would have uh, a bushel basket or two or three of lettuce and onions and radishes. And so I would wander around the neighborhood and sell to, to anybody that wanted to and ultimately give them away. Right. You know? So yeah, I, I, I don't make a big deal out of it, but it was a it was an interesting summer occupation uh, for 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 a 10, 10 year old or 11, 12 year old. Oh, that's fantastic! And uh, yeah. I, I did it, uh, and so it kind of my 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 dad. Had, we had a farm, had one hundred and sixty mm-hmm. acres. My father, in those days, and I assume it's still the case, and and I I think we've talked a bit about this in previous episodes, had a a, a six-acre cotton allotment, so he could grow six six acres of cotton, and by that I mean that you had to get you had to get a a, a stamp, if you will, from the from the government from the the. Uh, mm. uh, so it's uh, not about how much land you owned; it's how much land you were permitted to grow. A given crop on right, okay, and, and so, crop, so, right. so cotton was a was a relatively heavily heavily regulated crop. I assume it still is. 
And uh, so by, by regulating how much individual farmers could grow, you, you maintain, they maintained some control over the supply. Right. And so kind of kept the, it was a way, means of keeping, propping up prices. Keeping everything kind of repeatable. Yep. At least dependable, put it that way, I guess. So we, uh, my, my dad had a six acre allotment. Uh, so he's been doing this for years. He had been you doing just, you, At 10 or 11, you started doing the backyard garden, and now it's kind of getting to be right. you're in scope of and I, and I started, I, my, my, I started literally when I was probably five uh, working in the cotton mm-hmm. crop. But my, my dad would raise the cotton sure. crop. And so at about five or so, I was, was old enough that I could go out with my mom and we would hoe the cotton. We'd chop the weeds out of the cotton crop. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, in the fall, so that, 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 was, that was an ongoing thing over the summer. In the fall, when the, it was time to harvest, uh, I'd go out and help pick the cotton. Okay. Uh, so picking it was you, you drag this, uh, if you were an adult, you drag this 14-foot long sack Wow! Uh, down the row, and you pick the the, the, the bowls of cotton off mm-hmm. and put them in the sack. And uh, 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 when you fill a sack up, you weigh it, and uh, you kept track of how much. And I I think that I think my dad would pay me two cents a pound, mm. something like that. And so I could uh, even as a as a very youngster uh, over the course of a full day. Uh, I could I could pull in a, a few hundred pounds, and so I I would end up with uh, with uh, yeah. oh, three or four dollars that mm-hmm. I that would make, which is it's pretty good for a ten year old kid in 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 the nineteen fifties. Sure. Right? Yeah. So it was working in the cotton crop was something that I had done from a very early age. And you're and, doing this like in September. Uh, all, all summer, all summer all long. Summer so long. you're picking cotton all summer well, no, long. Oh, excuse me, picking yeah. cotton. No, picking yeah. was was generally uh, actually it was late September, October. Okay, that's what I was thinking. The, the, we we did it. Uh, but you're the, weeding all summer long. You're, you're weeding all summer the long. Yeah. Down, take, you know, yeah. and, and cultivating. You you you, the, you get rain. Mm-hmm. It, the 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 soil was a relatively heavy clay soil, red soil in Oklahoma. You have to break so it you up. Get rain so you don't and get rain, and once the water stuff. dried up, the, the 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 surface was very hard. Yeah. So you'd go out with a, a cultivator and 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 cultivate it to break the soil up. So the next time it rained, it didn't just run off; it would mm-hmm. soak in. And the the chopping of the cotton was kind of the same thing. Part of it was you you'd go with a hoe, uh, and and you would chop the weeds off uh you know kill, kill try to kill them but you would be breaking up the soil close into the cotton plants as uh, as you went down a row so that was just an ongoing yeah. thing over the over the summer not not continually but uh during uh, uh june and into july you'd do that and then october uh in, in raising cotton uh we would harvest not harvest, not start picking the cotton until after the first hard freeze of the year, mm-hmm. which in, in western Oklahoma in those days generally was by the early October, uh, late October would, would, would be fairly unusual for us to get into late October without getting a hard freeze. But once you got a hard freeze, it basically killed the cotton plants so the leaves would dry up and fall off, and and then uh, you could the, you were just left with the bowls of cotton still on the plants. 
And that's because the geography of uh, Western Oklahoma is kind of higher altitude. It is. And it's it is. relatively flat-ish. Very flat. Get, yeah. Yep. So the weather can just come right in and do it at once. I mean, that's why you have, I'm just going into this for those who may not be familiar with Oklahoma, Western Texas, that type of stuff. And the, and the breadbasket, I mean, we literally call it the breadbasket of, of, the, of yep. the world, or at least it used to be. Um, whereas here in Central Texas, we might get our first hard freeze this weekend, <laughs> and, and we're in the middle of January. Yeah, we're in the next year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's, we got the last hard freeze in uh, in March of uh, March of last year. Exactly right. And the first hard freeze of this year in uh, in January. Yeah. So Western Oklahoma, it's built this way. You get that hard freeze in late September, early October, yeah. and then the the plants have gone. Inert, they're done. They're, that's all they're going to provide, and it's time to harvest. Yeah. So you go out and, get, go out and pick it. So we're, we're, yep. we're kind of we jumped into the to the end of the cotton crop, but but that 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 was the the, the way it worked uh, in, in in Oklahoma in those days. Uh, the, the the kids and my dad's farm, we always characterized it as a fun farm. Mm-hmm. It 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 provided. The little bit extra that 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 helped in life, you it's know, kind of your bonus. Right? It was the bonus, right? Yeah. Uh, so so the money, the, even the money that my dad made had made raising the cotton crop. The money that he made off the cotton crop was 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 his bonus for the year. He sure. he 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 drove a mail truck as a as a contractor, right? Mm-hmm. So so what he was going to make during the year was fixed. Yeah. And and so. Raising a cotton crop and selling it was going to be a little bit of extra money. Uh, raising a few head of cattle, mm-hmm. uh, he would sell a few calves. Uh, he would butcher a couple, uh, generally one in the spring and one in the fall, so that we had fresh meat. So, so all of this is kind of your family profit margin, if it, you will. It was, it was indeed. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I mean, you're putting effort into it. I'm, I'm obviously, I'm speaking to a larger point, but this is. You were able to live off of your father's day job, driving a driving a lot. Yep. You know, with with all those places yep. he went. Well, to he, deliver he drove he drove ten hours a day, six days a week. Yeah, a he, lot. He so. had no he had no relief, and he <laughs> never he never took a sick day. In in, the, in all of the years, I mean, he was sick, but he never had he couldn't take a sick day. And, and you're speaking to your father. I think of my father, my dad as well. I don't. He only. I remember him only taking one sick day, and my mom was like, "I think he's okay." <laughs> and then the other one was the only time he didn't drive into work with snow and everything else. Growing up in North Central Ohio, was when he heard that the snow plows were sliding off the road. He's like, "If the snow plows are sliding off the road, I'm staying home." Yep. So, but yeah, it's just that era, that work ethic, the. And you know, anyway. So, my, but, yeah. my dad was a my dad was a was a he was the classic mail carrier. Even though it was a contract job, it mm-hmm. was a classic mail carrier. The concept of not delivering the mail was just foreign to him. Yeah. And I I think I've recounted before. I still have a vivid image in my mind when I was about oh, I don't know what I must have been eight or nine or ten. We we had a we had a. a, a Somewhere between a twenty and thirty inch snowfall, very unusual, but it it covered the countryside. School was called off, mm-hmm. but 
my dad was going to deliver the mail. So that day I rode, or the first day of that, I rode with him uh, on the off chance that that I would be able to somehow help. And I I still remember uh, sitting on the north side of, of a little town looking out over this pristine Blanket. Countryside of, yeah, snow that was rubbing against the bottom of the, the running boards of the pickup truck. Yeah. There had been no snow plows yet. Mm-hmm. We were driving by recognizing that there were telephone poles on both sides of the highway. Yeah. And we just split the difference Let, between the telephone poles. Let's assume that somebody didn't build this road a little to the other side. Other right? side. Yeah. And after we so we left out of the, the little town of Cheyenne, literally scraping through the snow, and after a few miles, we finally started to see the county road crews coming from the other direction, right? Uh, with the with the graders, and and so we we but we we made the we made the mail route. Well, you helped day. them find where they needed to plow as they continued down the road <laughs> yeah. past you. It's a fascinating look when you you know look in front of the pickup and it's just. Of pristine, like pristine, yeah. and you look behind you, and there, there are two sets of tire tracks, and they're well defined, well defined, <laughs> exactly. And and in many places, it's 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 they're they're the well defined tire tracks and a scrape in the middle because like you've a, been you've been like doing a, a bit wake. of snow plow, you did a little yeah. boat wake there, yeah. So yeah, that was a, uh, yeah, so where I was going with that, and and it's this is bonus material, but it's not something that you just signed up and said, yeah, we'll, we'll be able to get some side revenue. That's work. It's a lot of work. Oh, a lot of work. And my, my dad, uh, I don't know that he was necessarily a wise man, but he had, he had, he had learned a lot of, he had had a lot of life's experiences. Mm-hmm. And he, he had had uh, uh, my oldest brother and, and my, my, I had two brothers. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we span Twenty years, at least, between me and my oldest brother. There oh, wow. was probably a twenty-year gap in there. When was your oldest brother born? Uh, nineteen twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. And I was born in forty-five. So, uh, yeah. what's that? Uh, so, eighteen years, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. So, and then uh, had a had a uh, the middle brother was born in thirty-nine. So he was a little closer to me than to my older brother. Okay. Yeah. So he was 12, 12 years younger so than my oldest brother. So, yeah. I was six years younger than him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my, my, my dad had, a, had, he had some a, experience, a lot of, a lot, along lot the of experience way. In, yeah. in dealing with it. And so both of us, my older brother, uh, I, I really never knew that much about him. He was, he was killed in the Korean War mm. when I was, um, uh, I would have been six when he was killed. And uh, for the four preceding years, from 1946, so a year after I was born, he went off to college. Right. And so he was in college literally most of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I knew little about him, but I did know that he he worked uh, he worked at the uh, local um, uh, newspaper. Okay. And uh, was in Sayre. Uh, I, in Sayre, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sayre, interesting enough, had a daily newspaper. Sure. And so my my older brother worked worked there. Uh, my uh, middle brother uh, was uh, he was he was more of a farmer of a of a technical farmer than I was. He 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 liked to drive the tractors, and so he would uh, he would uh, uh, help with my when my dad was really raising crops. While my brother would 
he would do plowing, he would mm-hmm. do some cultivating and the like. And we may have but, spoken about this further because eventually when it got to be your turn, it was you, you were mentioning how your dad made it very clear, you know, how this is how you, this is your, this is your pattern, yeah. you know, and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, and, yeah. And, 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 and when, 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 when I got to be, uh, I guess I was in the eighth grade, let's see, eighth, ninth, tenth, yeah, so, so the eighth, eighth grade uh, for four years, uh, that was my summer job. Mm-hmm. And my dad literally just gave it to me or made it clear that this was my job. He, he, he would come out and when I couldn't drive, he, he would drive to the farm with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on many days, he would just let me off at the field and I would spend the day and he would go run errands or do other things, work cattle, haul feed, right. do other things. But raising the cotton crop was my was my summer job. Right. And I think I've mentioned before he would allow me to do or he would allow. I did every part of that except for planting. Except for planting. Yeah. Right. So we got I got into all of this just from the idea that well there there's a cycle to raising the cotton crop. Sure. Yeah. And uh, uh, perhaps it's uh, it's a little bit like raising a garden just mm-hmm. a little longer term. But I uh, thought maybe, well, it'd be interesting to kind of step through what, what I could remember about yeah. what it's like to cycle through a cotton crop. And we, we, would, uh, we would begin the year uh, when raising a garden, the, the first order of business to go out and spade the garden, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in raising a cotton crop, the first order of business is, first of all, very early in the spring. So this would be in March. So this uh, is before you're doing the backyard garden the cotton process starts earlier it, it does and, and literally they were kind of they I, I kind of did these things sequentially I, I raised gardens uh, I raised a garden for several years up until about the eighth grade okay once I started doing the cotton okay. I didn't do the garden you didn't anymore. have time for both you were, yeah, didn't, yeah I didn't do, do both I, I can't remember I think my mother may have still had a smaller garden mm-hmm. but the, the garden kind of went by the wayside when the, I when I really got into to raising cotton. produce kind of yeah it, slowed it, down it, a bit. It slowed yep. down a bit, but the, uh, the the cotton then became the the central feature, mm-hmm. and so uh, we would start as I say in a in a March time frame. The first order of business was to get rid of the remnants of last year. Sure. So once you pick the cotton, you still have stalks standing yeah. up out of the ground. So we would uh, uh, literally go out, and, and the first uh, the first thing we would do. Remember, I'm I'm kind of remembering this literally yeah, after no. 65 years, right? <laughs> this so, is half the fun. Yeah, you know? half it's the like, fun is. is uh, yeah. Oh yeah, we use that tool. We for use that. that tool. Yeah. And and, and I and I was thinking about it. I, so you got I was the thinking disc, about you it. got the hair. You those. those yeah. My, types my of first thought was, oh well, we plowed. Well, no, we didn't. We we, we had a what was called a harrow, mm-hmm. right? So just a thing that drug on the ground with spikes that stick yeah, out the bottom the, of it. Just the really pointy spikes. They don't move. Right. They're, they're just there. You lower them and they're like a cat. You literally just drag them across yep. the earth to break it up. And in our case, it wasn't raising or lowering. These these had been horse-drawn implements. And so oh, that's they, right. We they, talked about that too, I think, at some yeah. point was your, your first farming tools, you had to convert from 
the horse-drawn horse -drawn version to be, be pulled, to by, be a pulled tractor. by a tractor. The, the yeah. same the same tools, and those were the only those are the only tools that I ever had growing up. We we mm -hmm. we never did buy any new farm implements during my lifetime. There, I don't think my dad ever did. Uh, but the first order yeah. was to, was to drag a harrow over what had been last year's crop, mm -hmm. break off all of the of the, uh, uh, stalks. the stalks, yeah. and it basically level it down to the ground, and then uh, plow it. Mm -hmm. Now the the first the first plow was uh, that that we used or that we would use in the season uh, was a was a, a, a two bottom plow. With a with a uh, with a with a very sharp blade that would cut into it and then roll the soil soil over. So this was the the business end of this thing was pointed, right. and it was kind of I'm a, if I remember just my mind. Um, my dad was a farmer and I never did it, but I saw some I saw some plows doing their things, and so you the pointy end goes in, it's curved, so then as it as it hits the soil, it's coming up on one side of the of the plow, and then, like you said, it's turning it over. So you end up with this kind of channel with most of the dirt plowed over to one side, right. and then the other side is just as it was on the back side of the plow. Correct. And and, and the two part thing you said is that like the the wheels or what you would no two no. two bottoms. So there were literally two of these plows. Okay. Okay, side by side. Got it. And uh, as you so so you would be plowing uh, a space that was maybe uh, three to four feet. Okay. okay? Uh, probably closer to three, but three to four feet, and so plow. Plowing six acres, uh, I was going to say three wait, feet at a time takes a while. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you can spend a, pretty a good horse pulled this, so you you, you yeah. know that you're not going to be pulling six wide. No, nope. and, and yeah. So 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 after after you harrow it, get everything down, then 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 you plow it, and and that was that was generally for me uh, that and that was my my job. Uh, my I'd hook up the plow, go out and 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 plow this and. Did you get that done in a day, or is that a no, two-day no, job? No, that was gen that was generally a, 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 three, a generally about a three-weekend activity. Okay, because I, I literally could only spend the full day on Saturdays and eh, a good part of the day on Sunday. Okay, because my dad would have to drive me. You'd have out. to drive you out there. Yeah, and, and, and you guys on, kept the equipment out there. I assume. we kept the and, and literally, I would say my dad actually uh, uh, in, in the earliest days, my mother oh, would okay. uh, yeah. would drive me out. Because he my might dad be was delivering mail. mail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we got to a point then when my when it got to where would have, I would have been uh, well eh, maybe maybe actually it had already started uh, by the by the time I was I had the crop myself. My brother was old enough that he could drive the mail route. Okay. And so once once he could drive the mail route, then my dad would go with me and kind of teach and, you the. The finer details. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you know, it, 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 I I would be plowing. Uh, we we would carry a couple of army cots with us that we would set up under some low what we call shinry. Uh, it's a scrub oak, huh. uh, relatively low tree, maybe grow to fifteen feet high, but down underneath it, 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 it was shady. It would cool off a bit, and yeah. we'd, we'd 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 take a cooler of uh, of uh, of ice with. Uh, uh, generally, Coke's or Dr. Pepper was the drink of the day. Still is. And uh, so my my dad would uh, we, he would sometimes uh, take a 
a newspaper or magazine or sometimes and he he would lay under the tree and I I would go plow. Uh, and and he he would he would check every once in a while to make sure I was still doing uh, uh, it reasonably. And you know my my well, this is where I first learned a little well doing the garden taught yeah. me to just go do it. Right. Uh, but uh, plowing I, I would make the the decision at the beginning of as I did this for four summers. I would make the the first decision was well how am I going to plow it right you could go around and around and around or you could go up and down and up and down and uh, and, and, and which and which, which way parallel to which side of the plot do you go yeah. first 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 I learned a little bit about what happens to water when it rains real hard our our the field where we were going to raise cotton we we only used one one little field. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, w- w- we would plant the cotton in, and it was on kind of a sloping ground. Okay. So it, it sloped from, if you will, think of a rectangle. It mm-hmm. sloped from the northeast, uh, excuse me, the northwest corner to the southeast corner. Okay. Right. So that that was that was downhill, and it was it was it was not a sharp decline, but it was it was. That's where it was going to go. Yeah. It, it was significant, and so you you plowed it. Uh, you wanted to plow it in such a fashion that it, it, it if you will, gave you contours in the way that the uh, the soil was turned. So if you got a heavy rainfall, you didn't want to just race through it, it, there. You, yeah, you didn't you didn't want a, a a furrow to be going directly down the hill because if, if you got a, a an eight inch rainfall and that's what we would normally get in the in the yeah. spring, uh, you'd actually have a, a have a very deep gully cut. Across the the field, so you wanted to terrace it. You wanted to terrace it, 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 it. yeah, for what the terrace was. And, yeah. and we, we we'd actually actually uh, over the course of time, I actually built up uh, uh, three terraces uh, on that uh, again at under my dad's direction. But uh, during the off season, if you will, the winter time, sometimes we'd go out and and actually had a uh, scraper blade uh, that oh, yeah. would, would drag behind the tractor. And so I could actually do move some earth uh, a little bit, not a lot, but so. Yeah. So did you do this kind of in a, a, a circular or yeah, quasi-circular path? Well, it was, so you it had was these arcing. little scallops, arcs going across. Yeah, arc, and, okay. and, and three significant arcs down mm-hmm. across the field. So by that, that I mean, uh, literally think of think of three terraces going mm-hmm. down this uh, down this slope uh, across the field, mm-hmm. and and and. If you got a got a good rain, the water would build up on kind of top a, on of each, each one. of each terrace, and then and, and, filter and then down. It, if it you know, would overflow. overflow, it'd go down, but it never had a long run, sure. so that you could really wash you out get the ground. Super erosion going on. So, so uh, I'd make the decision how I was going to plow it, plow it, and, and dad's under the tree. Dad's under the tree, and I, I, I'm I'm remembering that that. He was under the tree. He he was he was watching he had what one I was eye doing. Open, at yeah, least. yeah. The, the, certainly the first year uh, <laughs> that I did it. By the by, the third year uh, he, he was under the tree. He was totally under the tree with the New York Times or whatever. Bad, no, paper. not the New York Times. Okay. But, uh, it, <laughs> it, was, it was probably a field and stream, yeah, uh, okay. something like that. Uh, although he did like to read. As as a boy, he used to tell me he always read uh, Horatio Alger stories. Wow, and, what's and that? You, uh, Horatio Alger. So this was this was a, a, a fair, famous genre uh, from the Depression era. 
Okay. Horatio Alger was uh, the, the the central character in every book, and he was always a poor kid that figured out how to do something or make something, and by the end of the book, he was rich. Yeah. Okay. So so this was the escapist fare from right. the depression. Okay. And my my dad said he 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 read these books religiously. Right. It was. It was the the, the, the the Clive Cussler, Tom Clancy, right. yeah. uh, Brown, what have you, you know, mm. any of the famous authors we have. Well, when was my your dad dad's born day, again? it was Horatio Alger. When was your dad born again? My dad was born in 1900. 1900, spot on. He would be 124 right now, by the uh, way. My mom's dad was born in 1898. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's... I'm just trying to get the generations kind of lined up here yeah, because, yeah, he would have been 30 when it all fell apart. And, yep. yeah, so that's probably another discussion. Well, is, I, you I know, think I've mentioned before, when he was 16 yeah. years old, my, my dad and his mom and dad took a covered wagon right. and a buckboard from western Oklahoma to Montana. So they, they had a covered wagon pulled by two mules and a buckboard, uh, a four-wheel buggy, if you will, pulled mm-hmm. by a big horse. Yeah. And they they sold everything that they had, and what they had left, they packed into the covered wagon, and they went to. Uh, they thought they were going to move and live with uh, with my dad's uh, sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had three sisters, all married, and uh, their husbands ran ranches in eastern Montana. Okay. And he thought they was going to live up there until he uh, realized that it got to be 20 below zero in the winter, and he didn't want to do that. No. <laughs> uh, or his his mom and dad didn't want to do that. Right. Yeah. Uh, he had my dad had committed to uh, to working for one of my sisters for the winter, uh-huh. so he stayed up one full winter when he was 16 and rode uh, herd on the cattle. And he said he he discovered that riding. Horseback keeping track of cattle at twenty below zero was not something he wanted to do either. So he did it one winter and uh, and Made came his back commitment to Oklahoma and said, "All right, Oklahoma's home." Oklahoma's it. So anyway, so you got so, this terrace, you got the plow, you got all that yeah, set up. Yeah. So 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 you 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 first plow it, uh, uh, let it set set for a, 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 a little while mm-hmm. uh, and then go out with a um, uh, first run the harrow over it again okay so because as you turned the soil it would uh, it would form relatively large clumps rolled clumps of soil yeah. uh, which when they got wet and then dried were pretty rocks. hard yeah, yeah they were rocks and so you drag a harrow across it to to, to kind of even it out and, and break that up. And then after harrowing it, and, and harrow the harrow was, uh, oh, what was it? It was, it was probably 16 feet long, probably eight feet wide. Okay. Uh, so you drag that behind the tractor. So that didn't take cover, as long yeah, as the cover cover the field in a day. Mm-hmm. And and so depending upon uh, how much rain we had had and how hard how big the clods of, of soil were, either run the harrow across it once or twice, perhaps even. And I could do that in a day. So I would do that, and th- this would take me through, uh, oh, through March, I guess. And sometime in, uh, starting in probably early April, would then go over the plow with a, uh, a cultivator. So a much smaller 
uh, uh, type of plow. It was probably, oh, I want to say, eight feet by 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 four feet, and it had, uh, I want to say, uh, so eight feet eight long rows. and four feet wide. Yeah, right, right, as, okay. a, as a rectangle, and then yeah. descending from the bottom of that were a series of little little plows. So little. There, there, there were maybe four inches, if you will, on a head. Oh wow! All right, so 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 the, these were these were much smaller. Didn't go nearly as deep into the ground. Mm-hmm. But they would break up again. Break up. The idea was to break up the t- the soil, mm-hmm. so that in the end, after doing that, run, running a cultivator across the, the the ground at least once or twice. Again, that was something I could do in a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was left with relatively flat, uh, well-loosened-up soil uh, that was then ready to be planted. Okay. Okay, so, so run, the, run, run, the, run the deep plow, uh, run the harrow a couple of times, run the cultivator a time or two. Now it's ready for dad. And so to now it's ready to be planted. And as yeah. I say, that was the, an activity that my dad would do. Mm-hmm. And and so you you planted uh, two rows at a time, and then when you swung around to begin another two rows, you had to be very cautious. Again, this was one of the Distance. reasons my dad would. You had to be very cautious to 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 the you, the, the, the 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 planter would leave a, a small furrow the, uh, beside the two rows, and 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 if if my dad my dad would set. The width of the so the tractor we had was a Ford Ferguson tractor. It's a four wheel, uh, two small wheels in front, two big wheels in back. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike the tricycle tractors that we think of, the big John Deere's or the that have a very, very with, small or the angled, yeah, narrow wheels in the front that could kind of fit in a channel. Yeah, so the, yeah. The, this was this was 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 four wheels, uh, uh. If you will, equidistance, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, that that formed a rectangle, but you, you had you, you you could set the distance between the front wheels. Uh, you could put them a little wider apart or a little closer apart. Okay. Depending upon the the other implements that you had going on in the back, right? That would go on the back. So so my dad would space the that that was something that was done early in the year. If if for some reason he had changed the spacing of the wheels. Uh, in the fall, in the spring, he would make sure that the front wheels were set at the exact Jack distance apart. Jack it up and apart. set it for the crop or the tool and, he was going And to so, use. Uh, yeah. when he started planting, the, he would he would he would he would run uh, two rows, and then the turn the tractor around and going back the other direction. The the one one wheel would set in the furrow left by the the previous planting of the two rows, mm-hmm. and that would then give him the perfect spacing. So that that Rinse, as repeat. you looked across the final final when the, when the cotton finally came up, and you looked across it, it, it was like it was planted with a single planter. You know, yeah. every row every row was uh, uh, exactly the same distance from the next row all the way. And that that meant then that that the other implements that we used, the cultivator uh, and, and and the like. Uh, didn't end up plowing up the cotton yeah, plants. Then, as you, as so you that set the track, if you will, for the rest of the season. Yeah. yeah. So sometime again, much like a much like a garden, uh, sometime after Easter, uh, it would get to the right time that my, my dad would come in and say, "Well, it was, it was time to plant," and mm-hmm. he would go out, and it would generally take him a weekend 
a Saturday and a Sunday uh, to, uh, to, to plant it. And at that point, you set and, and, and wait. And in a bad year, we get an eight-inch uh, rainstorm that would wash out half of the cotton crops and have to be planted again. Because it was too. It's but it, it, it turns out the four the four years that uh, that I raised the cotton crop, we only had to replant a small section of the field one time. Your dumb luck continues. Dumb luck again. Fantastic. Far yeah. yeah. I, I learned. I learned that. If you're going to be a dry land farmer in western Oklahoma, dumb luck was a real big part of, of, of your life. So after, after uh, uh, harrowing a couple of times, running a couple of feathers, and, and then planting it, you set out and waited, and it took about, I want to say, 10 days. Mm-hmm. You'd start to see the first cotton plants sprout up, and, and cotton comes up. Uh, it, it kind of shoots up straight, and then two leaves branch out. To the side, okay. uh, kind of thick, almost succulent-type leaves, um, and so you you got a, a good feel early on about uh, how good the, how good the coverage that you had. Yeah. You know, you could walk through it and see that yeah, there was there was supposed to be a cotton plant about every eight to twelve inches or so. Okay, and 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 so you could tell as soon as everything sprouted that uh, you got good coverage, so you didn't have to go back and replant anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and I, I would actually walk the fields a little bit, and uh, if, if there was an instance where there was a gap, a longer gap than necessary, generally when you would plant, a couple of seeds would come out, you know, not just one the at a time, time, but a couple they... would come out. So, yeah. so very often you would have uh, two plants coming up in close proximity, or, or literally adjacent to each other, and so I would walk the fields and sometimes transplant. Yeah, I would pick out one and and, and go dig a little a spot hole where and, it didn't and, drop or yeah. something like so, that. So so you end up trying to. You did, I wasn't real religious about that, but you, you, I yeah, had you don't the time. want two plants fighting over the same resources at you know at one yeah. thing, and then if you've got a gap, you know it's early enough. You try to fill it, drop in. it back in. Yeah. So. The, 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 once once uh, it sprouted and started coming up, once it got the the cotton got to be oh I want to say six to eight inches tall. Okay. Then I'd make a run with the cultivator because then again the the soil would have uh, dried out kind a lot. Hard. Yeah. So we'd run the cultivator down and uh, over it, kind of break it up. Kind of like what you did by hand in your garden. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So had had a cultivator to do that. So mm-hmm. I, I would do that, and very often. Probably do that twice uh, before the cotton got, uh, once it got up to maybe be 18 inches or so, uh, then it was time the, the weeds would start to have made their appearance. Are we so talking late April it. now? Uh, now we're talking June. into, probably getting into into uh, uh, mid-May by this time, okay. or even maybe late May. Gotcha. And so, so we start the first round of chopping the cotton, go out with a hoe, Walk up and down every row, chop out the weeds, try to break up any big clods that were still uh, around. How so, many acres are you doing this on? Six? I'm sorry? Six? Six acres? Six acres. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's a lot of... That's a lot of handwork. That's a lot of, or, yeah, and and it was it was just at that, it was, it was, it was phase. literally, it was, well, it was just the border on the cusp of being able to do it by hand. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had if you had cheap labor, and I was really cheap labor, <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you could do it pretty much by hand. I grew uh, up on 22 acres, and it wasn't farm or any, you know, there was one side of it. I'm just doing my math, you know, like a third of that 
mm-hmm. or a quarter of that. that. That's a lot of... It's not huge, but it's not... I mean, you can easily see from one end you, of it to the can, other end. You can see it from the air. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that uh, is the cotton field there. Yeah, And it was it was enough, uh, as I say, you had to get a stamp from the government to be mm-hmm. able to harvest and, and sell the, the cotton crop. Right. And so there was a there was a, an agent that would would come out and actually pull a chain. He, he had a... Uh, oh, wow. I think it was it was one rod, which is 16 feet or something like that. So uh, literally, okay. think think of the ten yards uh, chains that yeah, you yeah, drag like in football. football. Yeah, he had that. Okay, and he would he would literally inchworm it down the side of the of the uh, of the field. Yeah, and so he would he would measure out the width and the 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 depth, if you will, right? Multiply uh-huh. those together to come up, and if it if it if it came up. Less six than point. six acres, not a big deal. Not if he big... came up more than six acres, he would he would block out how much we had to plow up. Wow! So if you if you if you planted if you tried planting more than six acres, he yeah, would you... he would say no. Nah, you, no you know, that, that those last two rows gone. Pretty much it, and yep. and so you you had you pretty much had to. And I, one of the things I don't remember is I can't remember if he if he stood and watched while we plowed <laughs> it up. Or if having give us, given us uh, instructions that right. everything was uh, was uh, close enough. I, yep. I suspect that we were small enough, only six acres. It wasn't that big a deal. And I suspect, if I, if I remember it right, he probably just said, you know, you, and, and I, I think there was only one year that we may have had to, had to plow a little Come bit back. back up. Yep. So you do that. So, so the cotton comes up, mm-hmm. you, you start chopping it, yep. and along in... Uh, uh, June, Juneish, in the mid-June time frame, uh, the cotton is up on and on a good year. And I had four good years. On a good mm-hmm. year, the cotton is is up to uh, at least two feet tall by this time, uh, if not a little bit taller. So it's up to your knees easily. It up to your knees, and 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 for dry land farming, uh, about the the tallest it got when I was there was was about three. The cotton. Would get to be about three feet tall. Okay. Now, when you irrigate cotton in in Mississippi, and that's the difference between dry land and irrigate. So, yep. irrigation, you're you're actively watering. Right, you're watering and, in and dry you, land, you can you're eat, counting on whatever and, you get. And, and, and an irrigated farm, you can easily get up uh, cotton up to five feet tall. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So, so three feet was 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 pushing it for dry land farming. Gotcha. So once it got up to about oh, two feet or so, uh, and it, it might be expected to grow a little bit more than that, the cotton makes squares. So it, 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 a square is literally a, a little square, uh, if you will, blossom that comes on the cotton crop, on the cotton plant. And that's the thing that's going to turn into a bowl of cotton. Ah. Okay, so, 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 so when you're looking at it, it's... Uh is it green at that point? It's a green. It's, it's like a, green. it's like a green blossom, but it's square it's because square. it's got these the spines of the bloom or whatever. If you will, the, the bowl of cotton is going to is going to grow up like a oh, think of a walnut, if you will. It's mm-hmm. about that size, and there are seams to it. Yeah. All right, and so as the as it matures, uh, once once it gets to the point where it's, it's totally mature then that's it's going to split yeah along those seams and the internal fibers are going to blossom that's out. where you see the white and yeah. so that's where you get the, the white blossom come out so you make squares mm-hmm. uh and that's that's going to give you a feel for how much cotton you're going to make 
Yeah. You, there's no measure to it other than you walk along and kind of ballpark count making, heads. You're making squares, yeah. uh, and, and 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 if you're you know if you're making one square a plant, it's not going to be really good. Right. If the 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 plant is pretty well covered the squares, then you're going to have a good crop. Right. Uh, and and the the, the 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 years that I raised cotton, we had we had good crops every year. So. You make squares. It mm-hmm. makes squares. You, you generally, after that, you chop it one more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I'm sure the really serious farmers, they were chopping it continually. So you're chopping it again now, like in July or uh, August? It, probably July. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So July, towards the end of July was about the last active hand work that you did okay. on it. Cotton has this interesting uh, characteristic that... Once you got to it, got to a stage of development, which was generally about the beginning of August. For about six weeks there, you just don't do anything to it. Okay, I was and figuring out, trying to wonder how we got to the first freeze because we're we're in the middle of summer now. Right, it's not terribly pleasant. Nope. <laughs> on the high plains of Oklahoma, it is. It is. It's a hundred degrees every yeah. day, and interestingly enough, that's what cotton likes. So, so it's not dormant at that point. Oh, no, it, it's, no, it's it's it, like just sucking in all this heat and energy. And, and, and sucking up all the water out of the ground. Okay. And it's generally you're not getting any rain at that period. Yeah. And the, 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 it, it was referred to that, that that is the period where the cotton makes. So, okay. quote, quote mark, makes, unquote. Yeah. Uh, so so it, it makes that. Uh, it, 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 the, the cotton bowls fully develop. Towards the end of that period, uh, you start to, so this is uh, 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 through August and into the September. So towards middle to the end of September, mm-hmm. uh, you start to see the first vestiges of the cotton bowls splitting they're trying, a little they're, bit. They're almost bursting. They're not yep. quite there yet. They're not quite there, but uh, uh, but every once in a while, every, you know, you look around, it's, it's a statistical thing yep. in, in a few places. So you'll start to see the first... First little vestiges of white showing a much up among the green foliage because there's right. still leaves on the plants. Uh, so then, and, and you don't do anything at that period. You mm-hmm. just sit and you watch. Stand it. back and yep, let her go. Yep. So uh, late September, early October, in that time frame, we would get the first freeze. That would kill uh, the the foliage, if you will. Mm-hmm. The plants would uh, the, the the leaves would turn brown, uh, and generally, uh, the weather pattern was such that winter came in in what was called a blue norther. A blue norther was a was what we're going to get this weekend. Yeah, freeze your toes in, in, off. In, in that era, in that in that part of the country. It was a blue norther because you could look on the northern horizon and you see this dark, yeah. very dark like battleship cloud mass blue almost. slowly coming towards you. Yeah. Uh, that was the blue norther. That was the <laughs> cold weather coming in. Uh, it would freeze. The the cotton would uh, uh, would would the leaves would turn brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would fall off naturally. You got the second norther or third. Uh, heavy winds come through, and that would generally strip the, the leaves off. And so at that point now, you're left with bare stalks with bowls, bowls of co- cotton, fully open cotton by that time remaining. And so that's when you harvest. And that's time. And, and it's cold. Uh, the, uh, we, we always harvested by hand. 
so I I would I would I would pick. Mm-hmm. And uh, generally, my they, at this point, my dad would we'd pull a sack and pick, and my mother would come out and pick. Yeah. And uh, I, there may have been a time or two that I actually was able to hire classmates mm-hmm. that would that would come and pick, and, and they'd get paid again sure. probably two cents a, a, a pound for the the picked cotton. Yep. But over the course of uh, over the course of uh, probably two weeks, we okay. would make it through. The biggest cop that I had, and 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 one year I think it was the third year, uh, I had I had a horrendous crop, and my dad actually had made contact with a guy, one man that came out and picked that six acres, took him took him three days, but he 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 literally could cover by himself about two acres a day. Wow. And the cotton was picked absolutely clean, mm. and and so we were going to have such a big crop that year that my dad hired this guy yeah. to come out and pick it. Uh, so he picked it in the course of about three days. Over the six acres, we made I made seven bales of cotton. Now a half a bale to the acre uh, was a really good cotton crop. Okay. Most, I think the other three years I made in general three at best three acres. I think maybe the first year I made two bales. Mm-hmm. The the, uh, second the uh, year, maybe second three year bales. maybe three. That third, third year. year I made seven bales. Dang. Now th- that meant that 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 after we harvested it, took it to the gin. Mm-hmm. Generally, the gin would 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 gin it, turn it into bales. And they would do that for the price of the cotton seed. So they they mm. part of the ginning process was to separate the fibers the from the from the seeds. Yeah, they would keep the seeds. My dad would keep enough seed back to plant for the next year, so yeah. he'd keep a seed crop back. But the gin would take the rest of the seed, and they would they would then sell it mm-hmm. uh, uh, or, or make meal out of it. You could grind it up. Mm-hmm. Mix it with uh, sorghum molasses, and you had a great cotton feed. feed huh. Right, the cows okay. love that yeah. in the dead of winter. But so that year, I made I made seven bales. I think we've talked about that in the past. Mm-hmm. Made seven bales. Um, that I think uh, I would sell those for in those days something between I want to say seven hundred dollars a bale, something like that. Wow. So I I I, I pulled in maybe five thousand dollars. Which, in, to, in today's land, you know that that would be forty thousand, fifty thousand dollars. What are we late fifties now? Yeah, yeah. So we're late late fifties. Uh, so I I banked I and I, so over the over the course of those four years of raising cop crops, I I banked enough money to pay for my college. I was going to say that's college paying material, right? Yeah, there. It, yep. it was, and, and that was that yeah. was a whole hint of evidence. Yeah, yeah. That was I, I I had spending money off of it. But and and the one year I think we talked about I, I mm-hmm. bought my brother a, a tape recorder right real for several hundred dollars yeah. uh, right and and I, Blew I him bought away some, at Christmas yeah 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 good Christmas but uh, uh, so the, the the picking the cotton hauling it down to the gin getting it uh, getting it uh, ginned mm-hmm. uh, selling it walking home with a with a check or walking to the bank with a with a check sure. for a, for a few thousand dollars was pretty heady hello pretty heady stuff and uh it, it that the, a lot of that money stayed with me through uh literally i think i probably spent the last of it 
in about 1970. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I remember right, there was there was a point where I uh, I maintained a bank account in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So my idea of, of long-term banking or long-distance banking is I would call my mother. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and I, all the way even through graduate school, I, my checking account was in Sayre. Mm-hmm. And I would call my mother and say, can you take some money out of my savings account? Because it was all in a... It was all in a three percent savings account at the day. Rock and roll. Uh, and take take some money out of the savings and put it in my checking account. Yep. And I I remember when we closed out the the the, the savings account, mm-hmm. put the last amount into my checking account yep. that I was going to have. I sure. I, I had a fellowship, so I had some income yeah, coming in. Some, yeah. But I do remember taking the last of that out. Furthermore, I remember writing a check. For the last amount that I had in my checking account until I got my next fellowship check to in order to have a date with the lady that has been my wife for <laughs> 51 years now, going on 52. Right. So uh, I, I, I remember There is a continuity to this story. Spending the yeah. last money that I had... In from, the bank and in my pocket, on a date, on a on a Saturday night date, because I was going to get my next paycheck on Monday. Monday, yep. And and what I I pretty much Sunday was <laughs> <laughs> what was in the refrigerator because there weren't no more money left anywhere else. Wow. So you you can yeah. kind of tell you kind of tell I, I guess you maybe you can well. I don't know if you tell that you're with the right person or certainly a significant person when you've you've spent the the, the you spent the last uh, the last that you have to, to go on the date, but uh, that was it. But anyway, uh, and back to the cotton crop. Pretty well pulling out of the. Uh, we, we've talked, I, I think, about alphas and omegas. The first of mm-hmm. the last, mm-hmm. the, the last every uh, for four years, the last of the cotton crop was hauling the empty trailer home from the cotton gin mm-hmm. and uh, putting the check in the bank. Yep. Uh, that, uh, and, and I, 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 I would, I, I am the first to admit, and I would admit all the way along uh, all of my life that we were, we were poor folks. Mm-hmm. Every, everybody that lived in Western Oklahoma, except for, you know, a very small handful were sure. poor people. Yeah. And we were poor people. My dad was, he had gone through such hard times that he was very good at marshalling the resources that he had. Mm-hmm. And part of the resources he had, he had early on had decided that land was something that he, he needed. Mm-hmm. So he had that 160 acres before before he got the mail route, he made his living off of that. I think he, I think he actually worked in a bakery for a, a year or two. Okay. Uh, before he got the mail route, but when he got the mail route, that was his, that became his job. Mm-hmm. But he would marshal his resources well, and and part of the marshaling was when I got old enough, if I was going to go to college, and my my oldest brother, he had he had he had he had saved his money to go to college working at the newspaper office. Right. And he and he worked at the newspaper when he went to Stillwater uh, to, to okay. Oklahoma State. He worked in the the college newspaper. Uh, I my my dad 
made sure that uh, that we knew that that we were pretty much going to have to pay for our, our way. He would he would kick in a little bit uh, in an ongoing fashion, but we pretty much had to to, right. to make it our own. So I had the money saved up. Uh, again, dumb luck came out when I when I went to college. I I got one of the best jobs on campus as a computer operator, computer programmer. Yeah, pretty much paid for my college, and so the the bank account stayed could, could carry on. That, yeah. that carried me. And it carried me well into graduate school and the like. But yeah. it, that 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 cotton crop was the was the big deal. It was the baseline. Yeah. So so yeah. early early November, November the 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 cotton was uh, the gin was ginned. Yep. Uh, Empty trailers coming back. The bank was deposited. The trailer came the back to park at the farm, and, and, uh, and that was that, the end that of that cycle. Out the year. Yep. Yeah. It was time to break out the Montgomery Ward Sears and Roebuck <laughs> Christmas catalog. Oh yeah. And do a little shopping, right? Because you did all your Christmas shopping by mail order. So that very was cool. It. Well, that was a good run. Thanks, Tim. And I, I God, I I hope that I hope that at least. 60% of that was correct. <laughs> we're, we're just because, because it's still fixed in my mind. The memories are very vivid. Now, if they're true memories, ah, who knows? But uh, they are very fixed in my mind. Well, I enjoyed it. Thanks for sharing. It was, it was fun. All right. Catch you again another time. Look forward next time. Later, Tim. Yeah. And there you have it. A little bit of history of farming. In the uh, in Western Oklahoma, there uh, from Tim's perspective and his family and his uh, his growing up, um, thoroughly enjoyed that. <laughs> we went a little long, but uh, it was a, it was a great conversation, and both Tim and I enjoyed it. Hope you did as well. And as you know, this is a value for value podcast. What's that mean? Well, Tim and I put together these uh, podcasts, uh, do the production, uploading, all that fun stuff. And um, we hope you enjoy them. And if you did enjoy them, if you got some value from listening to this uh, discussion, maybe it took you back to some part of your life that, um, that, that this brought some good memories back from or had more questions that you, that you thought, well, I'm going to look into that. And so bringing different kinds of value into your life, feel free to send some of that back to us. And that can be an, uh, a form of an email at mike at mikenewman.show. Or if you want to send us some Satoshis back, we won't complain. Send those along through a Modern Podcast app, and you can actually go to modernpodcastapps.com or podcastapps.com. Really simple. And you'll find apps there that are working with Podcasting 2.0, which is uh, basically the future of podcasting here today. And that involves uh, sending Satoshis back to Tim and I and um, sending the message back. I, I can see that as well. And uh, it's just a good form of real time in the sense of there's no or, or direct. No, there's nobody going. Th it, we're not going through a payment system or anything like that. You just send the sats. We get the messages and it's it's all peachy keen. So um, give us a shout on that um, through a boostergram or through an email. And um, we're just enjoying it. We're enjoying doing this show. It's been 40 episodes. And who knows what we'll end up talking about uh, next time we get together. But until then. John 317.